Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of Unapologetic. I'm Erica Barboza, and today I am accompanied by Brianne Kiarly. Thank you so much, Brianne, for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's truly our pleasure. Um, before we delve into some great questions, um, I'd just like to give our audience a little overview of you and what you do. So Brianne is a marketing and digital communication strategist. Utilizing her skills, Brianne works as a brand marketing coordinator and additionally is the owner of Buck Marketing. Brianne is also very involved in the Niagara community, such as her Niagara's Boss Babe event that she organizes to showcase and celebrate female-owned businesses in Niagara South Coast. She has been recognized for her community efforts when presented two nominations for the Women in Niagara WIBA Awards in 2018. So, now that you know a little bit about her and you're definitely excited to hear what she has to say today, Brianne, would you like to start off by elaborating a little bit about yourself, your company, and just what you do in your professional and personal life? Yeah, so um, I am the owner and founder of Buck Marketing. Um, I have a small town feel and vibe to my business that's uh, unique compared to some other agencies here in Niagara. Um, I am nestled in the South Coast, so I actually live just about a street away from the beach, so it's super nice and peaceful down here. Um, a lot of people, when they think of Niagara, either think immediately Niagara Falls or St. Catharines or some of the bigger cities, so um, it's kind of nice to get that small town love feel here. Um, Buck operates as a full-service boutique agency. Um, I have both graphic designers and web developers that work uh, for me and um, in order for us to offer a variety of different marketing services um, for our local community. Awesome! That's so great. Here at WIB we really like the fact that you're so involved in your local community and a bunch of your clients are small to medium-sized businesses in uh, your area. So would you actually like to start off by talking about that a little bit of how you connect with your local community through your clients and how you connect with these clients, how you find them and make these connections? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, social media is obviously a big part of my role, not only as a marketer, um, but also as a business owner. So um, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you straight up that I've definitely gotten some clients through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but in essence, that is what I do. So that makes total sense. Um, and what I really do to connect with our business owners is, um, like, I've joined my local chamber, Um And one of the opportunities that I thought that I was going to get from that experience that I didn't receive uh, is something that I kind of created myself. So I do host the annual uh, Boss Babes event. Um, So I plan and organize and um, host that entire event actually right here in my big backyard. Oh, really? Um, So it's super nice to actually get... um, just business owners in general, whether they're a maker or they're an actual, um, like an owner of a restaurant downtown, that kind of thing. Anybody is welcome to come as long as they have that entrepreneurial spirit in um, the Niagara region. So uh, we kind of all get together and it's a way for us all to collaborate and connect. Um, And honestly, even just throwing the event has given me um, some great collaboration through other local businesses because even in event planning, it was like, well, where am I going to get the food? And then a food partner came on board and um, the decor, then I ended up getting a decor client on board and it was just such a nice feeling to know that we were all supporting each other all for the greater good of all of us. Um, And then the success stories from after the event, hearing people actually come to me, like I remember 
there's this one woman who had a honey farm and she was making honey in the middle of Wainfleet. And when she came to Boss Babe, she connected with the woman who owned a store right downtown. So um, I remember she sent me an email afterwards and she told me like, thank you so much for the opportunity that her, um, uh, her products are now also all being sold in this woman's store. So that's kind of a connection that they wouldn't have had if they didn't come and kind of connect in person. And I think that the person aspect is a little bit different than it is online. So it's yeah. kind of nice to actually be able to shake somebody's hand and make that real kind of connection. Yeah. And of course, right now during COVID, you know, we're entering phase two, but, you know, things are obviously still primarily online. And I think yeah. that has obviously been an adjustment for you and your clients and your community. But how has the experience um, connecting with your your clients and making that personal connection been different for you or how has it been different for them? Because I can only imagine that, you know, they're going through a lot of shock right now and I know you primarily work at home, but how do you make sure you can truly understand their company needs and stay authentic to their brand when marketing for them? Yeah, so um, COVID made a lot of changes, I mean, sure everybody but uh, specifically for my clients it's I've had a few like for example one of my clients is a restaurant um, they're located right on Erie Road and Crystal Beach right by the beach and they get a lot of their business from the people that are coming in uh, that are at the beach and now they don't have that foot traffic walking down the street and on top of that with COVID um, they've actually had to shift their business model from doing an in-person sit down and have a nice meal and get that whole restaurant atmosphere experience to now they got a wood oven pizza oven and they're actually doing wood fired pizza and now they're just doing takeout for um, a different aspect so it's one of those things where they're coming to me with whether it's questions or looking for advice or whether they determine what their new need is and they just need the execution part for me to assist with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're creating new signage because people now need to know where to stand and where to wait in line and, and where to go. Now, now instead of coming into the restaurant, you have to go to the side at a window to pick up your order. Yeah. Right? So there's, there's so many changes in that sort of aspect just to keep everybody safe and to keep everything contactless. It's a lot more communication just for people to understand kind of what that new problem processes yeah um I, i'm a i'm a huge believer in uh the online world is where we're already all going anyways like i'll be the first to put my hand up and say that i already do online grocery shopping i already want things fast and quick like i have lots of things going on in my life i don't have a lot of time to to, to wait around so yeah. i'm that person who's pulling in to get the groceries in my car and i expect that our like my my clients um, customers would be this exact same way. So they, they want to know that I can just call, order my food, and this is exactly where I'm going and how it's going to get done. So yeah. it's it's I always try to put myself in the consumer's shoes, and I find that by doing that, it helps me communicate to them a lot more effectively. Mm-hmm. So that if, I, if that's me, if I had went and ordered my pizza right now, I want to know exactly what the process is and make sure that that's going to communicate communicated to me directly. Yeah. And, like, was there kind of an influx um, or, like, a big – crowd of clients saying like oh my god i need this like as soon as uh companies started closing down and switching online like what were you kind of like overwhelmed at first like oh my god there's so many people a little bit yeah no i i can tell you that i probably didn't sleep for a while <laughs> having very very late nights yeah um but you know what it, it's um it's all part of the game and it's it's fun for me to be able to uh provide these services to, to small business owners because at the end of the day like i do live this sort of double life where i work for corporate but then also I'm an entrepreneur and run my own business and my heart really like I don't even have to it's not even a question my heart lies with the my small business clients because for them 
they are literally forcing to close their doors and potentially even shut down their businesses altogether if they don't have an influx in sales through this time, right? So Mm -hmm. um, I definitely advocate as much as I can for them to give them as much business as I can. And if I can support them and get more uh, people in my community to support them, then hopefully they can all still keep their doors open. Yeah. And you really do do that through your social media as well, because obviously you promote for them, you provide them their marketing needs. But I noticed that you post a lot of like the local businesses that you're helping out. And you even just like you said, you advocate for um, people in the area shopping locally because they really need it right now. And, you know, it's it's good to be there for them. And I think that's something really special about about Buck Marketing is not only do you provide services, but you really do create a community with your clients. Um, And I think that's really special. And you also mentioned um, that you work full-time as well as the brand marketing coordinator. Do you want to talk a little bit about that as well and what that is like for you? Yeah, so it's one of those things where as soon as I say that I do something else, people kind of go like, oh, well, Buck's not your whole life. (laughs) And (laughs) as much as I would love Buck to be my entire life, um, it's a nice separation to be able to step away and put on different hats. And the experience that I'm gaining from working for such a large company. I mean, I'm working on national brand campaigns that are going all across Canada. We ha- I do campaigns that go out of Canada, that go into the States. Um, it's experience that a small town client would never get the opportunity to, to really d- further develop and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opportunities that I have working on those t- types of campaigns, um, it really builds like myself and my own portfolio. And at the end of the day, the strategies and all of the work the, the work that goes behind the campaigns for these large brands that I get to work on, I get to apply those same type of principles to my small business clients. So mm-hmm. if I have a $25,000 ad budget, you take away those zeros on it and you end up with $25 and I can apply that same sort of strategy and principle something that I know is proven to work and be successful mm-hmm. and I get to apply that to a local client and that's like what really makes my heart happy is being able to help other people gain those same type of results um, with the same sort of strategy behind it. Yeah so it's kind of like your corporate job is also like an educational experience for you and you're able to use what you learn on your local clients Um, so I think that's really cool and how is it um, working on both you know in large international clients as well as smaller ones like is there differences that you notice that you have to kind of be aware of and you know make sure you kind of switch those two roles when you're working with them yeah for sure so i'm really cognitive of that and i think that one of the bonuses of this so right when i came out of uh, my post-secondary school i started working at an agency so i've already kind of been um like stepping into different brands and having different voices and I've really like in an agency model you're flipping back and forth between brands all day long so um, when I took the job uh, through Andrew Keller um, we have nine different estates so I'm also still kind of applying that same sort of principle where I'm speaking from different wineries and different voices Um, so then again kind of transitioning through different wine brands now I'm transitioning to different clients through Buck. Um, So I think as long as you can really be cognitive uh, and adaptable to the the tone of voice and the messaging um, as that client, then really it kind of lets me separate um, those two sort of lives from each other. Yeah. And so for Andrew Peller, you're mostly working on marketing for the winery. 
But when it comes to your personal company for book marketing, what is it like when you have to deal with so many different clients from different industries? Like, has there ever been an instance where you didn't really know much about that industry and you had to like research and ask them a bunch of questions? Like, how did you go about that? Oh, for sure. So, um, I so, so for first off, I don't take any two clients that are in computing industries. Okay. Um, I want to be a hundred percent dedicated to, it's, it's kind of the same thing as if someone were like to sponsor your event when you already have a bank, you're not going to take another bank kind of thing. Okay. So I really, um, I'm a hundred percent dedicated to my clients. So for an example, I have, um, this wonderful couple, a real estate couple, um, as a client right now, and I've been approached by other realtors and like, I have to turn them down because I, I want to put all of my attention and de- devotion to the client that I already have. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your, to your question about the sort of education piece, um, so absolutely, it's one of those things where I know I'm the marketing expert and I know everything about marketing, but I don't know everything about these people's businesses. So um, when I onboarding a new client, there's a process that I undergo, um, not only myself, but also with my team for us to really understand what our client's businesses is like. So I have a series of questions that I have for them to make me understand what their needs are, but then I also will come at it from a different perspective and try to give them recommendations and advice on where I think that their business could go. So I I kind of, um, I have clients that have all different needs because they have all different types of businesses. And a lot of the time I have like clients that will come to me and say, like, I'm too busy to tackle the marketing because I need to be running the business and making sure the guys show up on the jobs and et cetera, et cetera. So the nice part of me being able to offer my services is that I can handle the marketing aspect where they can really get back to running their business that they really were born to do. Mm -hmm. And when you were mentioning the fact that, you know, you kind of are loyal to that one customer in a given industry, has there been um, an instance where instead of creating like that lifelong relationship, it's, it's mostly been like a short term project they needed help with. And then how is it, you know, gaining a new client from that same industry where you kind of like obviously sad to let go but like happy for that new opportunity yeah so i mean it's tough and like being an entrepreneur um like sounds great and it seems fun but like i'm 100 percent honest with you there's some really tough times yeah um i've had a, i've had a client burn me before and completely just flake on their bill um it, it's it's kind of one of those ups and downs situation um it's also a learning lesson. So every time I've had um, any sort of struggle with any sort of client, it's always been a learning lesson that I can really put my pen to paper and get takeaways from it to not have that sort of experience happen again. And um, to to answer your question about the real estate agents, um, I luckily still have them as clients and I kind of pride myself on offering service and providing uh, our services that are so what's the word um i mean like at the end of the day every client that i've gotten has been through word of mouth and yeah. there's reason for that so um i i guess i leave such a nice aftermath with my clients that they really want to um keep me on board and, and i prove myself and i prove the value that yeah. not only myself but also that my teammates can provide for them they know that sure they may be able to go somewhere else and get it quicker or get it cheaper or wherever it whatever it may be but we're we have such a high quality of service and understanding and what we're doing that they know it's worth the wait and it's worth that price tag yeah. um, to have us work with them so that's that always makes me me and my team feel really good yeah and how do you 
uh, like have you ever questioned your your own company's value and I don't mean that in a in a negative way but like was there ever a time where you had to like kind of remind yourself like I'm doing good at this and like I can keep doing this and how do you prove that value to your customers so that you can you know keep those lifelong relationships with them yeah, so, I mean, it's tough too, right? Because, like, one bad apple, like they say, can yeah. spoil the whole bunch. Um, but, but I think that um, creating boss babes really, like, I didn't even know that that was all in me. I just had this idea one day, and I designed something that I thought would make total sense for what I had envisioned in my head. I got postcards printed, and I hand-wrote invitations to over 100 business owners just in Port Colburn, or just in the South Coast, of Niagara and um just kind of threw it together and said what are like I wanted to know what people were going to react like is am I the only one thinking that I want this opportunity are there other people that would want to jump on board and like I was honestly the first year just so overwhelmed with the response from people and how well they took it all that I think that that really just kind of grasped um like my core values and it made me realize why I started Buck and why I'm so passionate about it Mm -hmm. and seeing other businesses succeed from it just made it that much sweeter for me like at the end of the day um I want other people to be happy with their businesses just as happy as I know that I can make them yeah and clearly your your marketing and your digital communication skills have really come in handy not only with your job but you know building your community for example by hosting the boss babes event and so why do you think these skills are so versatile and like why do you think that everyone should have them because clearly it's helped you and your job and your community yeah i mean honestly it's it's the way you meet new people and create new relationships and um there's always you're good and i i'm always kind of that person that thinks everything happens for a reason so um i think like the first time i did boss babes i connected with a business owner who ended up being the recipient of all of our donations for the second year so i think that people kind of fall in your lap for a reason and um having those skills to be able to really make a difference um like i volunteer with um, port cares in our community to do um i do like free work for them just to get their digital communications out there um i I do things like that just because i think it's a service that people need and not every company has the funds to actually pay somebody in-house to do it um i also think like in marketing in general kind of going back to the digital service aspect um when people especially coming right from school the way that i can really really relate to you and your users um i thought that after graduation that I needed to be all these different job titles in order to get a job. Marketing meant that you had to be a graphic designer, you had to be a content writer, you had to uh, know what to do digital and in print, you had to know everything and and that's kind of your starting role. Mm -hmm. So I think that really diving into those different aspects and um, the digital world spoke to me a lot more than it, than all the other worlds. So now what I've really done is been able to recognize that and use that as a strength rather than a weakness. Yeah. And by identifying that, I can actually have other people collaborate with me to offer these types of services. Yeah. And I want to go into marketing myself as well. And I think like that was kind of um, something that came across my mind too, is like when I first go in, like I need to know like everything. Cause there's even like the whole like budgeting and like breaking even um, aspect to marketing as well. And like, I'm good with numbers. Like, planning, all that stuff. Yeah, crazy. exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm good with numbers, but it's just like not what like my passion speaks to. Um, and I just, I love creating like 
visual content or creating events and the one thing that I think really connected me connects to me the most is um, PR and public relations because I really like the the way you get to like market yourself or your company through that it's it's so interesting to me because I feel like you're kind of creating a connection with your audience and I think that's where my passion lies so I think that's interesting that you had to go through that experience of um you know starting off with that general aspect and general education and work experience and in marketing and then kind of figuring out what you liked and that was something that you you knew from the start is that the case that you kind of knew from the start like oh digital communications like that's my passion that's what I like yeah so you know um when I first went uh so I went to Niagara College and when I first went to Niagara College uh, I didn't even know what exactly was going to be my major. Like I really, I took general business and I wanted to just get a feel for all of it. I have a mom who's an accountant who said, you have to go to business school. So it's one of those things where like, do I follow in her footsteps? Do I do my own thing? Like what, what's really going to speak to me? Mm-hmm. And after my first class for my first marketing professor, I just knew, like, I don't know how it's one of those things that I just, I just knew. So immediately I switched into the marketing program and did the marketing program. The one thing that I'll say really did help with that is that I had a co-op placement. So yeah. being able to get that real life work experience, um, then came back for my final semester and graduated. But it was one of the, so after graduation, it was, well, I don't feel like I'm an expert in anything. So how do I go and say I'm an expert to get hired somewhere? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed just a little bit more time to really grasp um, everything around marketing. And then at the same time, too, I also had that same sort of passion for PR. So after I graduated from marketing, I actually went back and did a one-year postgrad in PR at Niagara. Okay. And yeah, so that so I do have the, the PR background as well. Yeah. And um, the, my postgrad also had an internship. So um, I think that I really, like, I knew I was good at it, and I knew that I liked it, but I needed somebody else to validate that for me. I needed mm-hmm. my boss to actually say, you're the best student we've ever had. Like, I needed that to solidify the confidence in myself to actually move forward, to go out into the industry, and to actually launch my own business. Yeah. So um, from there, I started right at an agency, and I wore many different hats. When I first started, we had a team of about eight or nine and then when I left them three and a half years later I left them with two employees so having employees come and go in that time period it really opened up the doors for me to learn different things so I I remember the first person who left was the social media person so then I just took on all the social media stuff and then it was a web developer so I took on web development and the more I took on is the more I really got to grasp and understand that there's, there's two sides to it. There's the, the, the client-facing side, and then there's the technical side. Yeah. So I'm that happy medium that having experience in both, um, where with now with my jobs with Peddler, I get to do the client side and the tedious side and kind of balance that with Buck by doing the same. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and even in my upcoming year, I have two marketing courses coming up that I'm super excited about, and I'm kind of hoping, same thing as you were just talking about for yourself, is that'll kind of give me the clarity and the vision of, you know, what what's my favorite part about marketing? Is this really for me? And kind of getting that validation from that course. And then even I have a co-op next semester, or next summer, um, that I'm hoping to get a marketing placement. Um, and since you kind of talked about that, um, and you already kind of, talked about your co-op, your internship, but do you have any specific 
uh, lessons that you learned from those experiences and how those experiences were the tools that kind of got you to where you are today? Yeah, I think honestly, like my personality in general, I think that I'm just generally like that yes person. So Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what uh, somebody was asking me to do, even if I didn't know what they were saying, or I didn't know how I was going to figure it out, I would just say yes, and end up putting it on my plate and figuring it out. And I think it's really easy just to say that. (laughs) Yeah, actually in the situation, and you're forced to figure it out. um, You know, again, it, it kind of opened up this confidence in me uh, that I didn't even know that I had to be able to complete all these different tasks. Yeah. And um, I was working on some really large scale, scale projects and it was really exciting just like, it was just getting my toes wet in what I knew that the whole rest of the industry had to offer. So I think that that really sort of excelled um, my growth and my confidence to put myself into the industry, knowing that that was just one little glimpse of it. Yeah, and even myself, like I'm always, um... I always like am ready for change like I have always been like an advocate for that I think like you mentioned like that's how like when you take on new tasks that's how you learn that's how you grow as an individual and get you to where you want to be and learn new learn new things so I think that's a really important thing that like a lot of us young individuals have to keep in mind is that you know when we're trying to get into a specific career or we're trying to get experience during our post-secondary is it's really about saying yes to those opportunities because you never know, like that could open up so many doors for you in your future. Like, Absolutely. Embracing the change. I yeah. used to, I used to hate change. <laughs> um, but now I think I like open my doors to it the most um, because it always em- embracing something new, just like COVID embracing. Yeah. Like I know obviously it's a horrible thing that's happening, but at the same time, we don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, we, we have to sort of navigate through it. So if we, at least we can embrace it. Like my clients, um, I'm, I'm really proud of them, to be honest with you, just in how open they are to like, they had a storefront downtown and now they're completely shutting it down. They're going to put all their products online and just do pickup. So mm-hmm. like being able to shift and embracing that new change is kind of one of those things that will make you either sink or swim. So yeah. the, the types of business owners right now that aren't embracing it are probably going to be the ones that end up sinking. Mm-hmm. And of course, change is like an ongoing thing that we continue to face in our lives. But after COVID, like, where do you see yourself, your clients, book marketing? Like, do you see a certain growth that you want to achieve in in the future? Uh, For sure. So I have like my own personal goals that I want to achieve and then I have my own sort of company goals where I want to see buck in the next few years um and then I think at the same time too back to the COVID thing that I don't think that we're ever going to be over COVID I think that this is just going to become part of our new normal and again I, I think that people really it always was a need but now it's it's a need kind of forcing us into a, a, a want, or it always was a want and now it's forcing it into a need where mm-hmm. like people already wanted to be able to just walk into the store and have it ready for them people yeah. want convenience they want fast like even working in marketing like you have to make sure you have the minimum amount of clicks for someone because you're going to lose people's attention span you yeah. know there's so many other consumer noise that you have to break through people mm-hmm. want things easy and they want them fast so that aspect of covid where businesses are forced to kind of rethink their strategy and go more into the digital world, I think is going to be very strong and stick around for a very long time. Yeah. And even for like us students, I really like being in person in class and come September, um, Brock, we're going to be primarily online and all of my courses are online. Um, So I think that's going to be a big transition for me and something that I'm honestly quite nervous about because I like being in person. I like being present in a classroom with my peers, with my professors, and it just gets me really engaged. 
but I think that's part of the challenge is like I've always been quite like an independent person but I think you know being forced to work and study online is I'm really gonna have to like lead myself motivate myself to do what I have to do because like there's probably gonna be so many days where I just want to like sleep in and be like oh you know my 11 a.m lecture like it's online like do I really have to you know watch it but I think that's something that I'm really gonna have to challenge myself like come September because you know not only um do I have to keep up with my studies but like I'm obviously working on web and like that's something that I want to stay dedicated to throughout the whole year so I think like this whole change for us like as as students as workers like as a community it's it's gonna stick with us for sure so switching gears a little bit um since I brought up community uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about the ways you've been involved in the Niagara community? And I know we talked a little bit about the Boss Babes event, um, but is there any other experiences in your past or in your current future? I know you teach some social media courses. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, what I what I do actually, um, and to me, like yes, it's a job, but in a way, it's also a way that I'm giving back. Um, is the the so courses that I teach are actually done through the Niagara Falls Small Business Enterprise Center. So um, those are other uh, other entrepreneurs that um, they have two different programs. One of them is like a summer company plus program where these people have to be within a certain age demographic. So I think it's between like 15 and 28, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And these young business owners are just learning how to put together their business plan and launch their businesses for the first time out into the community. So being able to teach them, um, like social media is a topic where everyone thinks, oh, well, you know, you just throw a status up and throw a picture up and that's social media where sure you can call it that for a personal account but when it comes to actually running social media for a business it's completely different 100 so what i try to do is um light the fire underneath that in these business owners to get them to take their social media and just their online presence in general so much more seriously and put a strategy behind it that's going to make them perceive in the community exactly how they want to be viewed um so not only am i teaching those classes but the other thing that i've really um has probably made my heart feel the warmest um, is I've actually with Literacy Link Niagara um, I volunteered to be a reverse mentor in their program so normally you have someone more my age that's going there for advice from an older mentor mm-hmm. where they've now come out with this program that's a reverse mentoring program so um, the younger demographic is actually going in there and educating the older demographic that's on so tools cool. such as social media that's so cool how has that been? Um, so it's been really awesome. Um, as like I, I just have this natural ability where I like to teach, and I and my mom always told me too that if I wasn't going to go to school for business, I, I was going to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now I'm kind of blending both of those worlds together. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where we kind of take it for granted. Like we grew up with those. Like I grew up on Facebook. I remember being so young on Facebook that I had to use my older sister's university card to to use her number that was back when you had to be a a university student to use Facebook Mm -hmm. like so I've been on social media for generations now where the people older than us in those next generations never had that sort of experience so even some of the basic things um like they don't not only do they teach social media but they also teach um like other literacy aspects so like just using microsoft word or excel and things like that so i'm teaching this older gentleman how to use um 
um, word just so that he can create a resume. Yeah. And then what I've tied with that is actually teaching them skills for LinkedIn because, you know, having a resume and having a digital copy of it, that's only your, the first sort of challenge. Now, how do you network and use social media as a tool to actually get find employment? So it's been kind of nice to offer that those skill sets that we kind of take for granted because we were growing up with it, that the older generation really doesn't have that same sort of understanding. Yeah. And I think that's the importance of diversity in our in our communities and in our our business world. And how else other than, you know, these programs that you're participating in where not only are you teaching, but you're also learning too. how else do you incorporate diversity into like your whole life or your business? Like how how is that for you? Um, Yeah, I mean, I have diversity even just within my client realm. Yeah. being in Park Colburn, like we have a really high percentage of seniors here. So like I have multiple different clients that all just work for seniors. So for me, like I don't have a ton of experience in the senior aspect, but I'm actually learning some transferable skills from them about their clients in a way that we can market them in new ways. Um, so yeah, so I have diversity even just from clients. So like I have, um, some clients that have a business for 20 years. I have some clients that started their business yesterday. Like it's, it's kind of nice to be able to, um, to relate to each client and again, just try to put myself in their shoes and what would they need the most at this time. Mm -hmm. And I think you're clearly just so involved in like in your entire community. And after everything that you've said today, like, I'm just like, I'm so amazed. Like, I don't know how you balance everything. Like you teach, you learn, you have your clients, you have a corporate job. Like, how do you manage all this? How do you not only create balance between like your different, um, volunteer and work experiences, but like, how do you create balance for yourself? Like, how do you make sure you kind of stay grounded? So I'm like totally OCD organized, Yeah. <laughs> which um, is probably like the, the largest skill set to have in order to kind of like, I kind of joke around because it is a reality of my life, but you know, I'm kind of living this double life and um, being able to do so in a way where it's balanced enough that I can just, you know, close one computer, walk away from it, open the other. And then at the end of the day, like be able to close both of them and have that same time. Like I just got married last year. I need to make time for my husband. Um, if we're going to have a family anytime soon, kind of working those goals into my business plan is really what kind of makes me feel at peace with all of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, I, I stick with the schedule and I'm really strict with what's happening and when, so I can stay on top of everything. Um, and I'm also a huge, and I feel like this advice I got from someone when I'm back when I was a student that I've, has always kept with me. Um, but it's, always better to be an under promise and an over deliverer than to be an over promise and an under under deliverer so if I will tell my clients straight up like it will take me a week to get this to you and then if I get it to you in three or four days then they're over the moon and so that is that's such a better precedent to have them be in rather than say I'll give it to you tomorrow and then be three days late with it yeah I've always tried to have that mindset that I want to over impress by under like by over-deliver by under-impressing. Yeah, but you know, like even like for yourself, like I feel like when you kind of like over-set your goals and of course it's great to have like big goals that you want that you want to achieve or like tasks that you need to do. But I find like sometimes when I when I set something that maybe isn't quite realistic, like I can't think of a specific example, but like, you know, maybe let's say like I want to get like a certain project done in like uh, two weeks, but it would actually take realistically a month. I think when you kind of, 
over or when you underestimate or overestimate sometimes you might like kind of let yourself down and it's not necessarily in a bad way but like sometimes it it tears you down because like me personally when I let myself down like I just get into like a deep dark hole and I just like keep picking at my failures my insecurities everything so I think like that technique that you're talking about would be a really cool way to make sure you're self-validating yourself and making sure that you're proud of what you're doing and the work that you're putting out there yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm like I'm no different than you. I have those same types of days, and usually when I'm having that type of day, I have to just put myself into the mindset that it's like one day at a time. Like yeah. if I have, and I always have lists, and I'm always that person checking the things off on a list all day long. So you know, like I just set a realistic goal for myself. So you know what, like maybe I wanted to get these five things done, but as long as I can cross two of them off my list, then tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. So finish today, do what I can do, and do the best that I can do at it. Um, I also try to like really understand what mood I'm in and only work when I'm in those types of moods. So mm-hmm. if I know that I'm gonna just be like super bummed out about that I'm missing out on something and that I have to work instead, or it's just one of those moods that you don't feel really extra motivated to get things done, then I'll purposely kind of wait. Because in reality is, if I wait until I'm in a better mood to do something, then I can crush through my workload and I can feel really good about it and I can actually get so much more done than if I'm battling like my inner self. Yeah. But I don't feel like doing it, right? So mm-hmm. I, it's really kind of just starting to understand myself more and taking each day at a time. Yeah. I think that is like some really great advice for our listeners out there. And I think because we left that on such a positive note, um, we're going to end off today's episode there. I really hope um, that last part that we just talked about in this entire episode really resonates with our audience and I can guarantee it will. So thank you so much, Brienne, for your time today. Um, Our audience is so happy to have you here and us at WIB are so happy to have you as well. So listeners, thank you so much for joining on today's episode and we'll see you next time. Bye everyone.